What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, a real podcast having real conversation with real people. And I am your host, Jones. Uh, welcome to the new listeners. I uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you would, please go to whatever listening device you're on. Download uh, the Stakes is High podcast on SoundCloud. SoundCloud is the application. You can find my podcast there. Also to the Apple users, you can go to your uh, application uh, that comes on your phone. It's the podcast application. You can find me there also in iTunes. It is Stakes is High podcast. Make sure you put the podcast because there is another Stakes is High. Uh, it's a podcast, but they don't have Stakes is High podcast. So find me there. Please subscribe, follow, like all the episodes. You can find this episode and my previous episode. So please do that and enjoy. Thank you. This week, I have had um, a lot of guests who or a lot of people who have commented on a lot of my podcast. And this has probably been my number one person who's given me some constructive criticism. She's the person that told me to stop saying, um... <laughs> so she's going to realize how hard it's not to say um when you have a regular conversation today but now nah, i really appreciated it I, I like i said i like when you know real people just come on and you know when they listen to the podcast and are able to give me criticism along with you know telling me things that they do like so even if it's just saying you know her saying hey can you stop saying um and then at the same time you know she telling me she really appreciated my podcast she is a childhood friend uh we went to elementary school together and, no, middle school, middle school. I'm sorry, middle school. We went to middle school together. Then she, I guess she had to dip out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, a good friend, uh, good friend of the podcast. You guys probably see her in my um, comment section on Facebook. Uh, I have my good friend here, Nikki. What's up, girl? What's going down? <laughs> <laughs> now you get to listen to yourself and you can comment on yourself. Oh, on the... no. <laughs> hey, I thank you for, um, yeah, you're in town this, day, um, this weekend. I, I really appreciate you even, you know, stopping, taking time out to do the podcast. Pleasure, pleasure. Uh, what you doing in town? It was daddy's birthday. He turned 89 yesterday. Oh, man. Man. And um, I spent the whole day with him, so I had to. So it was a special occasion. I had to come and make sure he saw my face. Cool. I need to get him on the podcast. 89. 89. Man, I bet he got some stories. Boy, some that might not be able to be broadcasted on the podcast. <laughs> it's adults. <laughs> uh, how you liking this Indiana weather? You coming from California. What part of California? Stockton in okay. the valley by Sacramento. How's this heat? It's too hot. It's too humid. I can't handle it. Right. So the for the you know for people listening, you know, tell them about yourself. Um, you know, <coughs> when you left Marion, Indiana, and all that good stuff. Well, I grew up in Marion, and um, I left my freshman year in high school, moved to LA, went to Inglewood High School, graduated from Inglewood High School, and then um, I went off to college, and then moved to Stockton. Okay. <coughs> How long have you been in Stockton? Ever since uh, college or? Um, no, I've been in Stockton maybe 12 years, maybe. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. What took you to L.A., from, you know, out in California, from Indiana? Because uh, most of your family's still in Marion, right? Not most of them, but right. um, I moved to L.A. with my aunt. I kind of got too bad for Mama in it here. <laughs> she was like... You need a new scenery. So I had to cut out real quick. That's crazy. That's a crazy transition, Indiana to L.A. Oof, boy, very much so. How was that? It's a culture shock. Like, what? what's going on out here in this city? Big old city. I'm, like, lost in the wilderness. Yeah, especially from small town Indiana. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome back. You come back often. How often? Well, how often do you come back? Maybe once or twice a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you're here. You're getting some of this heat. Getting, Can't stand it. Getting back affiliated with it. Can't stand it. <laughs> it's a different heat out there, dry. You know, I, I, I stayed in California. I'm not sorry. Yeah, I, I was in California for a little while, but I lived in Arizona. So I understand that difference of that dry heat compared to this humidity. I don't know which one is worse. Dry heat, it's like you can't breathe. This wet heat out here, it's like, oh my God, you got to take a take shower a every five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. Well, 
like I said, welcome back. Welcome to the podcast. So there's a few things I want to talk to you about. Um, one, you know, I guess the kind of the most important is um, we knew you as Nikki Lassender before you left. Now it's the Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> so where's that come from? I mean, you know, of course, you know, I, I, well, go ahead. I'll let you explain it. Well, in college, I met um, my husband, David Muhammad, and we, you know, when you get married, you take on your husband's last name, and so there you have it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you silly. (laughs) That's it. All right, thanks everybody for listening. (laughs) So, of course, he's Muslim. He is. He was okay. not Muslim when we first. Well, yeah. What was your so he, was your maiden name Muhammad or was he before? Did how was it transitioning mm, into? Well, he had his slave name was Lewis, and um, that was his family's name. And so he, when while he was in college, he ran into some brothers from the nation, some FOI, and um, one of his professors, actually Minister Tommy Muhammad, was um, teaching his ethnic studies class, and so. He introduced him to the nation and to the mosque. And um, when I met him, he wasn't a FOI yet, meaning he has he wasn't registered in the, the nation. Well, not to cut you off, for people who that know FOI, what's that? Go ahead Fruit of Islam. Okay. Fruit of Islam. And it's the men code in the nation of Islam. Okay. So um, he wasn't registered yet, but he had been introduced to Islam. Registered? Was- meaning... When you come into the nation, you there's a process. <clears throat> so you um, have to write a letter. You have to recite actual facts, student enrollment. And then you either get an X, because the whole point of it is is to come out of... Um, you get an X meaning... Meaning you no longer want to carry your slave name. Okay, so that's when your name turns into either it's usually X, but I when I became expecting with my first son, he wrote a letter to the Honorable Minister Louis Farcon and asked him for permission to carry the name Muhammad. Okay. And Minister Farcon actually wrote us back and gave us permission to carry the name Muhammad. Oh, okay. So, um, which is a beautiful thing to have a get a receive a letter, you know, yeah. from the minister. But um so we've carried the name Muhammad ever since. So you have to get permission to get to carry the name Muhammad. Well, it it depends on your situation. Like there was a year um, bef- prior to me coming into the nation where, you know, he granted you the name of Muhammad. Um, you can choose to choose, you know, change your name to whatever it may be. But we asked permission to carry the name Muhammad. So. Oh, okay. So you have to get permission, or you? No, you don't have to get. You can. It's just I almost mean, like you're a grown adult. You can change your name to whatever it is you know that you would like to. But we wanted to carry the name Muhammad under members of the Nation of Islam. It's just like when you go to a different country, you need permission to enter that country. Okay. And um, so, you know, we we requested permission. So before that, it was X. Before that, um, usually when you after you register. You drop your slave name because you want to come into a different civilization, into mm-hmm. a different world, mm-hmm. and so you carry the X. Okay. Um, so had we not asked for permission, then we would have had X until we decided on what, what you know, you what okay. name we wanted right, to I carry. It. I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, were you, before that, did you practice a religion before you, before you met him, or how that, how you that know, I was raised, quote unquote, as a Christian. Okay. Um, Mama was a Christian. We were in Sunday school every Sunday morning. Church. 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 <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> we were in church service all day long. It seemed like, um, but that's the most black churches growing up for sure. But um, I couldn't necessarily call myself a Christian because I don't believe that I followed. I didn't know what the rules were or, you know, as a youngster, you don't really care. You're just trying to hurry up and get out of church so you can go play. But Okay. So you never was, like, baptized or anything? No. Like okay. No, right. I wasn't. Right. Okay. 
Um, so he, so you met him and he was in a transition. So how'd that conversation go with him? I mean, with you probably, I mean, was it, it probably wasn't as hard as what I guess someone who practiced being a Christian all their life. And then someone trying to convert them over, you were, it probably was, how was that transition of you saying, I'm down with this, you know? Well, you know what? We were on the conversation, we were on the phone having a long conversation about religion and he mentioned the Million Man March and I was like, what? He said, you never heard of the Million Man March? And I was like, no. So that was the beginning of our conversation about the Honorable Minister Louis Farcon. And so after we started dating, um, actually after we got married, he took me to the mosque and it was like a culture shock because when you go into the mosque, the men are on one side, the women are on another side. And I was like kind of scared, like, what is this? You know, and then we have a brief check procedure. We check your persons, we check your purses um, to make sure that everyone is safe, mm-hmm. you know, and um, make sure no drugs and cigarettes and, you know, that type of thing is brought into the temple. But, um, and after the mosque, he asked me, he said, So what'd you think? And I was like, I don't know what to think. Like, it was kind of scary for me, but he was like, you know, I'll still take you to church if you want to go to church, but this is where I'm going to go. And I didn't really learn a lot in the Christian church, but growing up, one thing that stuck with me is you don't live unequally yoked to your spouse. So I was like, no, you know, you're the head of our family, so I have to trust that the route that you're going is so you guys right. are you guys are married now we're married yes okay so we introduced introduced you to it and well we had had many conversations about it but i had never attended a mosque meeting so you didn't you didn't attend till you got married right oh okay mm-hmm. all, right, all right yeah okay so he made a decision to, you made a decision to say okay let's do this yeah all right okay that's simple so how long have you been i mean i guess that's you know, how long you been married? I guess the marriage and being a Muslim, how long has it been? Well, I've been married 18 years and I've been a registered Muslim in the nation of Islam for 17 years. Okay. It took me a minute to kind of grasp the concept and to, you know, I didn't want to be one of those ones that just register just because your husband is a Muslim, Right. you know? And so I had to take my time and to understand and to feel internally that this is, you know, this is my way of life, not just a religion, but my way of life. This is what I wanted. Okay. So I guess going back to, I, I, I kind of miss, because you've used it a couple times, being registered. What do you have to do become, to be registered? What is it? Well, what's when, the process of doing it? When that? you register, you are, you write a letter. Okay. And when you write that letter, you are trying to rid yourself of a worldly, um, quote unquote, your worldly self. Meaning you are saying, God, I want to commit and submit my life to you. Mm -hmm. And so you're writing a letter and you submit it to the national headquarters in Chicago and you receive a letter saying it's accepted or it's not and basically what it the letter is saying is that you're submitting yourself to do god's will this is what you want you want to change your life you want to rid yourself and your mental state of the slave mentality Mm -hmm. and you're willing to submit totally to a law's will okay so i mean has it been times that you said you can be accepted or denied how how does that happen? Is it like, do you have to have references or do you have to the mosque you've been going to? Does it have to be? No, there's no references. So you receive, a, you. there's a copy of a letter that was written by Master Fraud Muhammad. Okay. And you're actually writing to Master Fraud Muhammad. Um, and um, you're trying to be as one and in tune with how the letter was originally written by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, you kind of go from there. And so you have a copy of a letter. It's like a manuscript, okay. per se. Right. And you're trying to copy that manuscript. Okay. Because we've been in such a hellish condition. You need a manuscript to kind of bring yourself out until you find your own path, hmm. you know. So there's a manuscript. You try to get as close to the manuscript as possible, and you submit it. Okay. I mean, it's all new to me. I, I mean, that's it's interesting that, you know, you welcome me through these steps because, you know, we always know, especially as being Christian, we, we understand as far as going in and accepting God, you know, who, mm-hmm. and accepting that he died It's for just our like sins. a Christian baptism. How yeah, about that? Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say. Most people know the steps of becoming a Christian, you mm-hmm. know, you know, believing and trusting, mm-hmm. you know, and then, but it's interesting to hear, you know, the other side of it. That's cool. Appreciate it. So, all right. So you've been 17 years. You've been mm-hmm. a Muslim, and what it what what basically when you look at your faith, what is your goal? What is what is what what do you guys push to have as far as in a nation of Islam? Well, unity amongst ourselves, um, faith that. God will bring us together um, and we can create our own civilization um, our own you know our own nation okay you know because we want to separate ourselves from such a hellish civilization that we live in and so um, I don't know if you've ever seen the brothers selling final call newspapers on the corner in Indianapolis or yeah. bean pies and incense or, yeah. but on the back of the final call newspaper, we have um, pers- a prescription, and it's called "What the Muslims Want." Okay. And it's twelve steps, uh-huh. and so we have a you know we have a manuscript, uh-huh. and um, the minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, um, is striving really hard to bring our people together and to get us to understand that unity is our success. Okay. Um, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a Muslim, a Jew, a Christian. Um, as a people, we can unite mm-hmm. and be successful. Okay. You know, so that's pretty much our goal. And cool. to submit, m- the word Muslim means one who submits their will to do Allah's will. Okay. And um, whatever that may be for the betterment of our people that that's what we do that's what's up. uh have you have you met uh, the minister i have never personally met okay. the honorable minister louis farcon but i have been in his presence mm-hmm. and i would say if you are ever able to be physically in his presence it's like an unreal feeling you know i i've seen him twice and um, you know, I don't. I don't practice. I'm not a Muslim, or you know, I don't practice. You know, I. I think when I I seen him, I seen him twice. You have to be prepared to be there for like four hours. It doesn't seem <laughs> like it though. <laughs> but uh, I've seen him live, and you know, just what what was amazing to me was the process of just going into the site, you know, where he was at. Mm-hmm. Man, it was so much security. You mm-hmm. know, it was like I, I've been in a location where the president was at before. At one time, I was in Atlanta when uh, Clinton was there. President Clinton was in town, and I was just in that city, and the city shut down. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was no, you, there was a no-fly zone. There was everything. All the highways were cut off. But I'm almost willing, and, and that was a that was a, an amazing experience. experience. Just because I was like, man, this dude's shutting down a city. Mm-hmm. But when I went to see uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan, it was that similar feeling. I mean, they had it so well organized. I mean, it was crazy. In the in the in the place he was at, it was it was sold out. It was packed. But they had it. It was such a well oiled machine as far as the security went. It made you like nervous. I'm like, man, did I do something wrong? You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> But um, I mean, and like you said, when you get in there and you hear him speak, it is a it's a different type of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was amazing just just being in that in that place, just to hear him speak, just to hear, you know, and 
one of the things I wanted to ask you is because there's a couple of things, but one, I want to, I want to go on just, just to kind of clear the air. You know, a lot of listeners are probably, you know, I've listened to, you know, I followed, you know, uh, minister Louis Farrakhan, just his speaks, his speeches and just some of the things he's done. Like I said, I've seen him twice. And since then, whenever he, you know, he's, I follow him, you know, I look him up on YouTube. I hear some of his, you know, his speeches and stuff like that. Cause he's kind of been, real vocal within these last few years it's kind of yeah. you know he kind of went into a hiatus and then he came back out you know still yes, looking like he's you know what I mean look like he's 80 80 something years old you know he's still looking young but anyway what I wanted to get out to a lot of people who's listening right now they may think you know he preaches hate you know and one thing you just said earlier was um I you you kind of said basically for us you know and just for separating us you know from the hellish society us being black people are you saying that and also what about what can you speak for the individuals that say he preaches hate well when i say us i mean the black the brown the yellow the whatever it is the poor white meaning the oppressed the oppressed people um and for those who say and believe that he preaches hate I would propose a question. Is it preaching hate when you're teaching your people to love themselves? Mm -hmm. If you're saying we matter, black lives matter, if you're saying that, does that mean that other lives don't matter? No. It means that black lives matter. It means that um, we love ourselves. I have a t-shirt that I rock that says black power on it. That doesn't mean that my Latino brothers and sisters can't have power. That just means that I'm feeling black power-ish today. Right. You know, so it doesn't mean that we hate or that the minister hates other religions. Um, We, you know, he has a very well-known Caucasian friend in Father Flagan that they work together with in Chicago to tried to bring the violence down so he doesn't hate per se all white people and he doesn't teach us you know as followers of the messenger and of him to hate white people we hate the slave mentality we hate the oppressors you know and it's not a black or white thing there could be black people that oppress black people it's not a color thing it's right. a mentality thing. Okay. I think he, um, I think a lot of things, and he's talked about this, uh, you know, back in the, in the 70s and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe late 60s, you know, and he, he's talking about the white devil and, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, you know, we've heard Malcolm X speak on that too, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's where, you know, a lot True. of people are getting that, getting that, that, that that conversation from period you know and they always go back to that you know and don't talk about everything else he's done you know well let's i'm glad you brought that up let's look at that in the 60s and 70s we were only a few years from being quote-unquote freed slaves right so at that particular time and of course this is in my own opinion i'm not saying this is what the minister thinks this is my opinion from studying the nation's history but at that particular time we needed to love ourselves we needed a teaching to come to say love your beautiful black self to say let's build our own communities let's build our own grocery stores let's build our own hospitals you know let's have our own banks you know so we needed to love ourselves we needed to have a a revamp if you will to um teach our children to love their beautiful brown skin you know so their beautiful black skin or their beautiful light brown skin it doesn't matter but we needed something to say i'm i'm beautiful we are a beautiful people you know yeah i i mean i agree i think you know if you if if the individuals listening right now if you haven't heard the one the episode i did with my grandmother um, she, you know, she, she lived in a Delta, you know, of Mississippi, mm-hmm. deep, deep South, you know, they were still basically picking cotton after free, you know, slaves had been freed and they were getting paid next to nothing, basically living under 
the conditions of their boss and couldn't leave whenever they wanted to leave. So she was still in somewhat, I guess you would just call it legal slavery just because they were basically getting right. getting a couple dollars here and there. So anyway, basically what I'm saying is that her view on life is going to be a lot different than what we see it. Right. And I corrected it. If one of the things that she wanted me to correct last episode, I talked about she she wanted me to correct because she did say she doesn't like them. And she was meaning, you know, and I asked her, well, what do you mean, white people? And she said, yes. So she told me, you know, I talked to her a little bit after that. And she was like, hey, can you make sure you correct that? She wasn't saying that. She told me I wasn't saying I don't like white people, period. She said I wasn't saying that at all. She was talking about the white people who are racist and smile in your face and stab you in the back. Oppressors. She said, I don't like them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming from someone who's 84 years old and lived in these conditions that she lived in, she's seen, she's been through civil rights movement. She was in the deep south of Mississippi. So, I mean, I can see where you're coming from on that for sure. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know. But anyway, what I guess another, th another thing I wanted to talk about, because we always, we, we always see the fruit of Islam. We always see the men. When I went and seen, like you said, when I saw it in the first like 50 rows were all Muslims. It was the women on one side, the men on the other side. You know, I, I really paid attention to his security because it was amazing. When he talked and some, if the crowd stepped up, they they were like seven, ten to, ten to, seven to ten guys sitting in front. They stood up and scanned the crowd the whole time, you know, mm -hmm. so that was kind of amazing. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about, we always see, you know, the nation's men. Mm -hmm. It's always, you know, when you see the nation, you see the men and you kind of see the women on the sidelines. So since you're here, <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about some of the responsibilities you guys have, mm -hmm. you know, with the women that's a part of the nation of Islam. And just, you know, of course, we kind of got a touch of it when we watch, you know, uh, X, Spike mm -hmm. Lee's. You know, we seen Betty, Betty Shabazz. You know, mm -hmm. she was kind of the rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she was the rock. You know, I think that, you know, it kind of showed her her strong. And one, when one piece of the movie, if you haven't seen this, it, pretty, it's, it's great. It's one of my favorite movies actually. But in one part, you remember when she she was questioning him on his diet. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was kind of dope. I was like, ah oh, man, you know. And she just, you know, she she was basically the rock of that family. So that's right. So what, what is the responsibility, not even just as a wife in the, in the nation of Islam, what's the responsibility of the women, you know, in the nation of Islam, period? And you guys, since they're the fruit of Islam, are you guys? Well, we are the MGT and GCC. MGT means Muslim Girls in Training. And GCC stands for uh, General Civilization Class. When I first came into the nation, um, I went to my first MGT class and I was taught instantly, 75% of the work is with the woman. And um, it doesn't mean that we are any less, that we should walk behind or beside or 10 feet behind and can't look a man in his eye. These are all false preconceptions that I have you know talk to people about but 75% of the work is with the woman so the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said where you there are no civilized women there will be no civilized nation and a person would ask himself well how is that you know we are the birth givers we give birth and our thoughts our feelings, our emotions go directly into our child's brains, into their hearts. They travel through DNA. So it's like a child's brain is like a blank piece of paper, but the mothers are the first to write on it. So what are we writing? You know, it's a difficult task. Um, but if you look at it in the proper perspective, it comes with much power and um, responsibility. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, like I said, we always see you guys on the, on, 
I don't know if it's left or right, if it's that same way or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, you know, you always see you, you know, in your, you know, your, what do you guys call that? You, Our your garment. Dress, your garments. Explain that. Yeah, because a lot of people think, you know, a lot of people make a comments. And that's another thing I want to talk about before we go, you know, after this. But explain the garments and what. So. When the messenger came, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, when he came to the wilderness of North America, he gave us a dress code. Because when you look for diamonds, diamonds aren't just sitting uncovered. When you look for oil, oil isn't just sitting uncovered. You have to dig to get that diamond. You have to dig to get that, that oil. So he taught us to cover ourselves and to cover a lost treasure that he gave us. Um, one of the reasons why we're separated in the mosque is because there's a natural attract attraction to between men and women. So we have adornments, meaning our hair, our bosoms, our you know behinds, you know things of that nature that we need to cover up because, quite frankly, men don't know how to act. You know, we have to help the men behave. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> per se so you know we were taught to cover mm. and um not you know and it's to cover and to show that man your husband your spouse that one person your adornments um because it's a gift okay you know and you don't just give away you don't just you know you have to pay millions of dollars thousands of dollars for a good diamond right. you have to pay millions of dollars thousands of dollars for good oil so that's metaphorically speaking you're just saying right okay, all right um so we were taught to cover we were given a, a dress code and we had to go against the quote-unquote norm meaning when someone sees you they should say she's different she's covered she's modest um she's respectful you know that type of thing so we had we want to be different mm -hmm. you can't you know be the norm and be and strive for something different okay so is that that's not always not always okay but you should be covered always and um you know like you shouldn't see an mgt walking around with daisy dukes and a halter top on <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, but, but you don't have to wear like you don't have to keep your hair covered all the time. And I mean, you don't have to per se, but you should. Okay. If and I'm I'm full of flaws, so for those people be like, I saw you on Facebook, you didn't have no hair covered, you know that <laughs> yeah. type of thing. I'm full of flaws, okay. but I was taught the right way. Okay. Um, gotcha. And everybody's growth is in different stages. Right, right. So you don't have to, per se, wear your garment every day. But we have um, drape scarves where you just, you, you might see it, you know, you drape a scarf around your hair um, because it's part of an adornment. And you want to, you, you know, we're modest. Okay. We're humble, right. you know, so. Cool. So. What I wanted to go into now, I wanted to talk about, okay, you ha the difference between your the nation of Islam and, you know, the unorthodox Muslim or the orthodox, you know, I guess there's different, there's different type, the orthodox, unorthodox, or, you know, the nation of Islam. What's the difference between, let's just say, the Muslim I'm going to see... I don't know, on TV that's from the Middle East that's of Indian descent and that's well, not a part of the nation of Islam. What's the difference there? Well, to be honest, I never studied the Orthodox Muslim, the Al-Islam Muslim, the um, different phases of Eastern Muslims. Um, so I don't want to speak on something that I haven't studied and that I don't know. However, right. I do know that some Eastern countries, some, mm -hmm. believe that a woman can't look a man in his eyes. Um, you should stand 10 
spaces back. Right. You should, um, you know, you're not equal right. per se to the man. Okay. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has always, this is one of the reasons that I felt comfortable being in the nation because he always teaches the men to respect, protect, and honor the woman, the black woman, the woman in general. Um, because after Allah created himself, he created us. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was born from a woman and our wombs are sacred and our minds are sacred mm-hmm. because we have the ability to give birth to a God, not the big God, not the creator, but a God in the sense of a person who can be the answer to another person's prayer. Mm. Um, meaning someone who may invent the cure to cancer, a particular form of cancer, or, um, you know, a God in that aspect. Um, but he's very passionate. His teaching has never wavered away from protecting the woman. Right. And it makes you, me as a woman, um, when I walk down the street, and it's so funny to see sometimes, when, especially when I first came into the nation, but if I walked down the street and I had my garment on, it's like men would clear the pathway. It's like no matter what they were doing, they could be gambling, they could be drinking. They, oh, yes, ma'am, sorry, ma'am, you know, and they'll move out your way because your garment presents a certain amount and demands a certain amount of respect. And they know just from our garment, oh, she's a member of the nation. Okay. You know, and so we're protected in that sense. And he had to teach us as women how to protect ourselves, how to love ourselves, and to honor ourselves, which um, we're still learning, you okay. know. Yeah, yeah. But it's, um, it's a beautiful feeling, you know, when you come up to the mosque, the men run to... The FOI run to open your doors that, you know, they walk in front of you on the side of you to make sure you're protected. Um, and that's not the norm in this today's society. Right, right. I was going to ask, you know, is that how's that when you go after, you know, you receive that type of respect and then you go into your grocery store and, uh, you know, say you're not in your garment. Some guys don't even hold the door open anymore. True, <laughs> so. true, very true. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it, in the beginning, it was a culture shock for me. I would still try to open my doors and they'd be like, no, sis, I got it. You know, gotcha. don't worry. So it's a beautiful thing. Hmm. Cool. What I uh, I want to talk about kind of like what's going on now in, in society. You know, when you the Muslim name is getting a bad rap right now, just even just in the political political aspect. You know, you have, of course, we have the Donald Trump. We don't have to pretty much know what's going on with him. And just kind of like the terrorism. And it's just kind of like, it's just basically the Muslim faith is being attacked. Regardless if it's, I think it's just basically if Muslim, I don't care if it's unorthodox, orthodox, nation of Islam, whatever it is. It's still, when you hear, you know, when you talk about the faith, it's attacked. You know, how has that been as far as the, your teachings and just kind of what, you know, do, what, what do you guys call, like the church calls the pastor, the pastor? What do you call it at your, at your mosque? Um, the minister. The minister. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So have you guys had different conversations within the, within, you know, within the religion and just kind of like at your mosque? Are there different kind of conversations because, you know, because of what the, what's going on as far as the you know politics and 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 what's going on as far as the world basically with the terrorism you know so how's that been so first and foremost let me say this um the word muslim means one who submits their will to do god's will and in the holy quran it talks about you know uh, any individual doesn't have the right to kill people so when you have these suicide bombers, when you have these people to shoot up and, you know, clubs, regardless if you're gay, lesbian or what not, you know, you don't have the right to kill people. Mm-hmm. Allah doesn't smile upon that. And it isn't something that we are taught. So um, 
We have had certain instructions as Muslims um, come from the most honorable, uh, the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, and how to protect yourself. You know how late you're supposed to be out. You know what to be mindful for, what to look for, um, to be careful, because when you have a quote-unquote suicide bomber blow up something and someone sees you in your garment or sees you in a draped scarf, you know, they're going to label you and they might, you know, try to take action against you. So we have um, instructions to be careful, to be mindful of our environment. Mm -hmm. Um, But those people are not Muslims. Mm -hmm. You know, they may have been, quote-unquote, raised or reared or born in a Muslim country. But that doesn't make you a Muslim. Mm. Um, submitting your will to Allah is being a Muslim. Killing innocent people, killing innocent children, killing innocent mothers and fathers, that doesn't make you a Muslim. So the reason why the media has to make such a hoopla um, and sometimes staged incidents is because the Muslim religion is the number one growing religion in the United States of America. Right. And they don't want that, the government meaning. So they have to do things and create things to turn you away from wanting to be a Muslim. But Allah's will be done. And it doesn't mean that, um, you know, the lives that were taken in our latest incident, the Florida incident, which was a horrible crime because no crime is, no sin is bigger or smaller if you're you know if you lie or if you steal it doesn't make you any better or lesser than a gay or lesbian person you know it's just all sin is sin right i just i had a that's funny i i just look and found i found this uh meme you know the memes that they have on Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it it said um there are well over a billion muslims in the world if islam was really about violence you'd be dead by now (laughs) and then it said stop letting tv tell you who to hate right you know it's kind of interesting because i mean i never really fell into it you know i think there are some radicals you know in every religion you know Mm -hmm. i think there's and and just because they just because they call themselves whatever religion it is that doesn't make that religion completely what they believe in like they said the kkk was you know devout christians you know and they 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 basically supported their belief of misquoting the bible mm-hmm. you know so just as much as we can sit there and talk about the hate that they've they did for years and years and years and you know still decades yeah decades of hate and a lot of the terrorism that they created you know i, I don't think you can do that with one you know, you can't say all Christians are that way. Of course not. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, I, I did. I always wanted to know, and I and this is probably going to be a longer conversation. You know, I've always looked into, and, and you you can you can choose not to talk about it if you don't want to. But um, when we talk about, you know, there's an afterlife within Christian with the Christianity. You know, we die once we accept a God. You know, we become saved, and you know, when we die, we go to heaven, and you know i what is that within you know the muslim faith even just the nation of islam i mean if you're okay talking about that i'm fine okay so Um, what's what's the afterlife or what is the you know once you've lived your life and you submitted yourself to allah would you or you lived the true life of being a muslim is there afterlife or what's the how's that what's the what's that process well we were taught, purposely, strategically taught, as slaves, that you can't have heaven until you die. Mm-hmm. Now let's think about that. What kind of God would want you to die before you felt heaven internally? Mm-hmm. Before you seen heaven? Heaven is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Heaven and hell is a state of mind. You can be in heaven or you can be in hell. Um, The afterlife comes with your offspring, with the people that you've touched, Mm. with the people that you have affected. Um, 
it doesn't mean that you know you have to die to go see you know pearly gates and whatever you know it may be but heaven is a state of mind you can have heaven on earth right now mm-hmm. we were taught as slaves and used the slave masters used the king james version any version of the bible which was not the original bible if you do research and go to the library of congress in washington oh my gosh you will see the original bible was called the original manuscript and of course it was written in a different language it was written in hebrew so when you translate some words in hebrew may not have an english transition so you know it was it was used against us as a people. Mm-hmm. You know, we were given the white Jesus with the blue eyes and the straight hair. Um, when the Bible tells you exactly what Jesus looked like. Right. And we were forced as slaves to believe that Jesus did not come here for us. How could he come here for us? He didn't come here to save us because we're slaves. We have to submit to our God, meaning the slave master. So, in my opinion, um, heaven is a state of mind. It's a condition. It's not a place. It's something that you can feel. It's something that you can internalize. It's something that you can see right here on earth if you choose to. If we choose to submit to God, you know, if we choose to submit to his will and if we unify ourselves as a people and come together and create, we can create our own heaven. So when you when you die, there's no afterlife or your soul that you. No, we don't believe. You know, your afterlife comes in your offspring. Whatever spirit, whatever um, thoughts, whatever powers, possessions. You know, those things you have in your offspring and your children, and you live on because they live on. Okay, I got you. Cool. Yeah, I've always, like I said, I've studied on that <clears throat> a little bit. Not really deep study, but just kind of read up on some of that before and kind of what you're saying, I'm kind of what I read on. So just wanted to confirm it in somewhat, in, in, in a way. <laughs> but um, anything else, anything else you want to you wanna let people know? And One thing I would like to say is for those who have a question uh, about the Nation of Islam or the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan or um, what being a Muslim is. Don't trust the media. Don't look to the media and then the websites. You know, find somebody. Go to your city and find a mosque or, um, you know, read the Holy Quran for yourself. Even read the Holy Bible for yourself. Um, You know, it's funny because people always know Muslims as they don't eat pork. It's the number one thing you know all that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they don't eat pork. They are Muslim. But that's not a per se Muslim thing. That was a prescription. Even in the Holy Bible, you can read um, where Jesus tells you, do not eat animals that have hooves. Mm -hmm. So it's deeper than um, just not eating pork being a part of our prescription. It's a life prescription. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm what I would ask the, your listeners to do is to find a reliable source. Go ask someone. If we don't have the answers, we can find someone who has the answers. We're not, you know, we don't know it all. I don't know it all, and I'm completely flawed, right. but we can find the answer for you. Okay. The mosque here in Indianapolis, is, do you guys go about numbers or how's that? Well, we do have mosque um, numbers, and for those who don't have enough believers meaning enough registered muslims mm-hmm. then we are considered study groups study in my city in stockton we are considered a study group i'm sure they have enough here in indianapolis. they do have one okay. in indianapolis um i don't know the number offhand but What's the, the minister uh, minister nuri muhammad yeah, yeah yeah you can google him you can youtube him yeah he's on youtube he is a phenomenal know. speaker and he's kind of electric you know what day y'all go to what day y'all go to mosque so the mosque meetings are sunday for um quote unquote church 
<laughs> um, men FOI class is every Monday. Okay. We have study group on Wednesday and Friday would be considered like Bible study. Okay. Um, and then on Saturday is MGT class. And so. Cool. Y'all got the big choir and everybody dancing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, man, you got to have a choir. <laughs> you know, that's when I first came to the nation. That was one of the things I was looking for. I'm like, what are they going to sing? <laughs> Where are they? Oh, man. Well, I appreciate you in enlightening us on, you know, some of the beliefs. I, I think, you know, with my podcast, if everyone, you know, to the new listeners or to people who's listening, as you guys know, I try to have different, a wide range of different topics and different guests on my show. So I really appreciate it. Last week was about health. This week's I have a Muslim, you know, so next week, you never know what I'm going to have. So I really, I really appreciate you That's jumping on this Thank week's so episode. Much. And guess what? what? You said, um, a few times. No, I, did <laughs> I, not. I promise you did. <laughs> did not uh, you stop, did too stop <laughs> i promise <laughs> well everyone thank you for listening this week um i just said um but thank you for listening this week i really appreciate you guys tuning in for the new listeners please 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 go to soundcloud there's an application soundcloud find me there stakes is high podcast you will hear this episode and all the episodes previous episodes Apple users, you can go to iTunes or your application on your iPhone or whatever Apple device you have. Find me there. You have to search Stakes is High podcast. Follow me, subscribe, like the episode, and, you know, please enjoy. All right. Thanks for listening. Peace.